blessed Sunday to all of you, dear friends. You are tuned in to OLMC Sunday Best. This is a sharing of the Bible study group from the parish of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Wan Chai, Hong Kong. Join us now in reflecting on this Sunday's liturgy for our life's nourishment. Good day, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Bible study for the third Sunday of Lent. Let's greet our Lord with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, authority of every mercy and of all goodness, who is trusting, renounced duty, assure us the remnant for safety. Look graciously on this confession of our holiness that we who are bowed down by our conscience, may always be lifted up by your mercy. To our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son, we praise with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. So a little liturgical note for our reading before Patrick gives the outline. There are two set of readings for this third Sunday of Lent. For those, um, the masses where we don't have the scrutiny, that's the readings that we will have, uh, we will study here in this uh, session. But there's also the second set of readings for the first scrutiny. Okay, and for our parish, that will be at uh, 1.30 bucks. Okay, the 130 Mass will have the candidates for baptism. We have six tomorrow. Tomorrow. And that is why we will have another set of So, like, for instance, Stevie uh, comes to the 130 Mass, you will not hear the same readings that we will be studying here. Okay. So, it's good. You have both. You have the one at 130 with a Samaritan woman. And here now, we'll have an, another set of readings which are good to outline now. So for those of you who are joining us online, the first reading is taken from the book of Exodus. Uh, the long form is chapter 20, verses 1 to 17. The second reading is the letters Paul is writing to the Corinthians, chapter 1. Verses 22 to 25. And the gospel this week is actually very special. It's actually from the gospel according to John. It's chapter 2, verses 13 to 25. And we will start with the first reading. A reading from the book of Exodus. In those days, God delivered all these commandments. I, the Lord, am your God, who brought you out from the land of Egypt, the place of slavery. You shall not have other gods beside me. You shall not serve idols or yourselves in the shape of anything in the sky above or on the earth below or in the waters beneath the earth. You shall not bow down before them. Or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, inflicting punishment for their fathers, wickedness on the children of those who hate me, 
down to the third and fourth generation, but bestowing mercy down to the thousandth generation to the children of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. For the Lord will not leave and punish the one who takes his name in vain. Remember to keep holy Sabbath day. Six days you may labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord, your God. No work may be done then either by you or your son or daughter or your male or female slave or your best or by the alien who lives with you. In six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord has blessed the Sabbath day and made it, made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that you may have a long life in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male or female slave, nor his ox or ass, nor anything else that belongs. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Thanks, <clears throat> We start. So, I don't know. I was trying to, to get a connection with the readings of the last two Sundays of Lent, with this wow. third one. And the thing that is coming to me is the first two, we had more of the uh, recall of the covenants. You remember, no? The first reading then was Genesis. The covenant of Noah after the flood. And then last Sunday, we're still in Genesis, the covenant with Abraham. And now we are in Exodus, which is uh, maybe, I don't know, is here to correct me, but the sign of the covenant will really be these uh, Ten Commandments. We call them in our common parlance is the Ten Commandments. In, um, I think literally they call it the Ten Words or the Decalogue, Ten Words. Words, but actually there are commandments. Okay, And if you notice, it's very, the, the, the lines about worship of God and keeping the Holy, the Sabbath day, very elaborate. And it's really... Uh, the relationship with God is very much emphasized here. Okay? Uh, God as the <clears throat> one to be worshipped and adored, and then his uh, commandment to also honor that Sabbath day, that rest day. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to see also how will this be connected to the gospel reading, but usually for Chelsea especially, you know? So it's new to our, our process and our uh, Bible study style here. Usually, the first reading is chosen in function of the gospel. 
So the gospel is the first one chosen by the liturgist, the ones who created the lectionary, the book that we every Sunday. And then they get the first reading that is fitted or in connection to the gospel. And that is why even in our Bible study here, we're doing first reading and then gospel so that we don't lose the connection. Okay. And then the second reading during the big uh, seasons like Lent, there is also a connecting link. But normally on the ordinary Sundays, there is no link. It goes on its own. It's a continuous reading, the second reading. But the first reading and the gospel are always very strictly connected. So I, I was looking at the elaborate uh, explanation of the Ten Commandments here, but the emphasis on the relationship with God. Okay. I don't know, but uh, uh, first of all, um, when we talk about covenant, uh, there should be some kind of a sign. Okay, sign. For example, in the case of Noah's covenant of God, you have a, a rainbow. Rainbow, okay, but there's a sign to show that, okay, we have established covenant. In the case of um, the, the second reading, I'm mean, sorry, the second Sunday, we read about the covenant with, um, with Abraham. Again, okay, you have a circumcision as, as a sign. All right, okay, so you leave a mark in the body to show that you are people of God. And this is the, uh, what should I say, this Sanded, okay, the, the top of the Old Testament. In a sense that, okay, we are the, the Israelites were liberated from Egypt, okay, in on, on Mount Sinai, okay, God is set, uh, entering a covenant with them officially, okay, so you are my people and I am your God. So let the Ten Commandments mm -hmm. be the sign, okay. Keep the commandment, we can see this, okay? You're practicing it just like circumcision, you know, something like, okay, so which means, can you do this? And I do my part. I will protect you, I will make you go, blah, 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 etc., etc. What if you simply follow these 10 you know, commandments? Then you are a holy people, and I am your God, and I will make you flourish. That's it. I think that's very beautiful. But underlining that is he says, I'm a exactly. God, inflicting yeah. punishment for their father's weakness. <laughs> 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 so this is my sign. No, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. God, it's not necessary for God to threat them. We have the whole already, right? Right? I mean, God is so powerful, he's, he's able to wipe you out simply. So it's there. So, I mean, the way I see the Ten Commandments is a little bit different. Number one, remember, they spent 400 years in Egypt, scattered uh, in different locations, worshipping different idols in their location. Now, Moses gathered up a group of people, very scattered. How am I going to you know, make them into one? Okay. God said, no, I am one. You worship me, then you become one. So this, when, when we say, usually we will say, the Ten Commandments, we are reserved the first three for God, the next seven for human beings. But usually we divide it in this way, all right? But uh, basically I'm saying, even the first three, God 
do not need these commandments. It's giving out the commandment to help the people. We, we are not adding any glory, adding any good to God. I don't need these. God do not need the commandments themselves. So you are, when you do this, basically you are doing yourself good. For example, the seventh day, because you are not slaves anymore, you are free. So you should rest. When you are slaves, you have no rest. So why don't we celebrate one day rest? Well, remember saying and eat and okay, remember the story I created. If you read the same Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy, again, Ten Commandments. Yeah. All right, they give a different reason. You were uh, slaves. Yes, okay. And you remember, okay, on this day that, okay, you're liberated by me. So you're now a free people. So it's basically giving two different reasons why you should observe Sarah. Give yourself a rest because you're no longer slaves. So let's think about it. All those three commandments we reserve for God, actually says, I don't need commandments. It's for your mm -hmm. good. It's uh, what, what Deacon is saying practically, if I understood you right, is that it helps us focus. The, the three commandments saying, I'm the Lord your God, that should not have uh, any other gods, focus on God's presence. Okay? And how do you do that? The third, the third one on the Sabbath is really give time and space. Now, the space is very important because the space is the one that connects to the gospel, okay? The temple. We're talking of the presence of God already there in the temple, but then because of other needs, uh, yeah. we, are, we are back to our, how do you call it? We're dispersed. Instead of being focused, instead of being one, Stephen was saying, we are again scattered. Okay. So what did you say? We are, we are again scattered. 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 Yes. Yeah. Because we, the, the thing is to focus, you know, to, to see that our identity is our relationship with God. Yeah. These commandments, these are means of how uh, the, she is saying is the sign of the covenant. Uh, you are my people. I am your God. This is our, call it our constitution, our covenant, our contract, or our agreement. Okay. So does does it mean, sister, during slavery time? Yes. Four hundred years. Uh, those Israelites. So because they're children of, from Jacob, right? So yeah. they don't know about God. Yeah. Uh, they know about God, <laughs> because, but there are so many gods in Egypt as well. Okay, they and they were spent four hundred years and in Egypt. In Egypt. So they're spent their Yes, brainwashed by those. So you know, even in Deuteronomy, so they could mention there are two other versions of Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy. This one is Exodus, the one we're reading, no? but there's also in Deuteronomy. But the thing is, in Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter six, verses four and five. It says, when you pray. You pray, Shema Israel. Yeah. <clears throat> Listen, Israel. The Lord your God is one. One. Thou shall not have any other gods. And why? Why is that? Because they're surrounded. <clears throat> yeah. 
in the whole history of Israel, that was the, the challenge to concentrate no, your worship on one God. You, you remember Solomon? Solomon was very dear to God, but in the end, because of the wives, <laughs> every, every tribe of the wives. So, 300 wives. Yes, yes, yes. So, he is able to maintain peace because I marry your daughter, uh, your princess. So it's politics also. It's political. But, but then for us now, maybe we don't say there are many other gods, but we have idolized many other things. Yes, Father always talk about that. Uh, the kids shouldn't go to all these classes, math, swimming, <laughs> gym, judo. Uh, Every Sunday. Some ways, uh, yeah, because Sunday now is yeah. all full of other activities because of the uh, stay And then maybe we can pass on to the gospel. Can I just say something? Yes. I really think it was wonderful that he had an example. I rested, so you, I ask you to risk. But he didn't do any of the other commandments. You know, he was never, never in a position where he killed anyone or where he didn't uh, not love his mother. He didn't have a mother and a father and things like that. You know, so the only thing he actually did was uh, to rest. And all the others are, you know, quite a challenge for humans and no example. That is why, that's why Deacon was saying it's not really for God, it's for us. That the commandments are not for God. Yes, no mother, no father. It's really for us, okay? They had nothing to Yes, to, uh, you're right. You're right because practically uh, these are commandments that are really moral, the, you know, the ethical way of living for the humans. Of, for and humans. most of the evil systems in the West. I'm not society. saying they're not. Yeah. I just yeah. made an observation. And yes. just the, uh, I, I'll be very quick. Uh, shall not cover your neighbors anything, but he doesn't finish the sentence. Share. You're not allowed to take it or steal it or want it, but uh, remember to share, you know, that, that element to me. It's, but it's, uh, think about the second commandment. Thou shalt not, the second commandment, okay, thou shalt not what, you know, put your, the name of your God in vain, right? The second commandment. Yes, yes. Which is also God's right? Oh my God. Am I, am I, Don't worry. Yes, I think about that one. Now, the, the Chinese way of swearing usually talks about the anatomy of our body. Don't worry, okay? This is a Chinese way of swearing. So I think this is probably a yeah. good juncture. Let's uh, continue. Let's hold our thoughts and let's yes. continue on to the gospel. Yes, okay. Let's see. I'm reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Since the Passover of the Jews, was near. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and dogs, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and I'm not good at reading, sorry, and drove them all out of the temple area with a sheep and oxen, and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold out, he said, Take this out of there, 
and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciple recalled the word of scriptures. Deal for your house will consume me. At this the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years and you will rise, raise up in three days. <clears throat> but he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scriptures and the word Jesus has spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many began to believe in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. But Jesus would not trust himself to, to them because he knew them all and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Thank you. I just comment first on the time element here. No? You notice uh, we're now in the Gospel of John. And John <clears throat> noted that Jesus was having uh, the Passover. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Okay, in John, in John, we have three. Uh, the presence of Jesus in Jerusalem happened three times. I mean, the Passover is yearly. It's an annual celebration. Okay, so Passover, the first one was here, John 2. And then you will have another one in John 6, I think. Huh? And then the one toward uh, the last is uh, towards the end. Now, in other synoptic gospels, meaning Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there's only one, meaning only one. one Passover. Oh. Meaning to say, the ministry of Jesus happened only in a period of one year. Whereas here in John, you have three years, okay? It's longer. And that's, sometimes I think or, that's or, why. Yeah. That's or why we can John, interpret it this way, mm -hmm. that the authors of the synoptic gospel, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they put, they, what should I say, they put the three visits of Jerusalem into one and put it to the last. That is to say, for, okay, Jesus spent three years, no problem, but just concentrate everything for the last. Yes, and that is why here in the Gospel of John, you have immediately this driving, uh, this uh, incident, no? Jesus yes, the first, the, the first, uh, the very yeah. first one, whereas in the Gospels of Matthew, Matthew, it's towards the end. Yes. Well, okay. is this why Patrick, that you said is very special? Oh, special. John is really special, doesn't follow the same time frame or the same uh, location as the other. So I think that's important, no? But the other thing is the theme taken here, that the, the theme of um, cleansing, the theme of cleansing, we are talking of uh, the temple as really the place of God's presence. God's presence, no? But in the end, it became a marketplace. It's really under text. You have turned, no? 
Stop making my father's house a marketplace. Okay? One commentator said, uh, <clears throat> the religious center for all God's people looked like a bazaar. Not bizarre. <laughs> bazaar. Mm -hmm. One in which distinctions between male and female because there's really the court only for female and then for male. And then clergy and lady, the area only for priests and the others not in the priestly. Wealthy and poor were on display and reinforced. Whereas it has, instead of concentrating our worship on God, the president were saying, here you have so many distractions. Distraction also because uh, in the in the temple you cannot use the money of the Romans. So there there's also the changing for money changes. changers. There's the currency change because you cannot bring in the Roman money. You know we're in the Roman uh, occupation of Palestine. So the money they're they're using for everyday use is the coin with the image of Caesar. But they cannot use that in the temple. In a way. There's also a religious uh, meaning there. No? But of course, they can abuse it. Yes, that's that's why. And anyway, in the end, in the end, the challenge here became very strong. Why? Because uh, who, who was the one that, who asked Jesus, you "No, know, what sign?" So the Jews, what sign can you show us for doing this? For and then Jesus. Raise the discussion from the temple, the physical temple, to another temple, which is a style for John. He always does that. John starts with the material, but then he raises you up to another level. So when he said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. So the Jews understood still the physical temple, but Jesus was already talking of another temple. And we will continue with that. Well, um, yes, we are living in a concrete and real world. There are practical things to handle. For example, the temple here was the second temple, not the first one. The first one of built by Solomon was burnt down, destroyed by the Babylonians. So during the Persian Empire, okay, they sent them back to rebuild the temple, but it was very primitive, not good enough. So Herod the Great, in order to please the people, he, he, he is a great builder. So he spent 46 years, okay, uh, enlarge, expand, beautify this second temple. So that's the reason why, okay, it took 46 years. It's not 46 years to build the temple, but it's the temple. Yeah, they're still ex extending, making it big, making it Magnificent. So, all right, so that, that's it. 46 years. All right. However, such a, a huge uh, structure, you need maintenance. You need money. Where comes the money? All right, so. Okay, so we reserve some place to business in order to, to maintain such a. Okay, very reasonable, practical, and acceptable. However, Things start getting dirty. All right, the money changes. Who can do this lucrative business? There must be some connections. So corruption creeps in. The money laundering. 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Don't know, because you see, those Roman coins, they are, it's unclean. The temple is holy. So you must use these, okay, token money or whatever. Okay. The and currency of the temple. Yes, that's the currency. The temple currency. All right, so in the evening, okay, they take them out again. In the morning, they continue changing. So it's a lucrative business. Reuse and reuse, and then you have new money coming in. Right? So this is corruption. Okay, who allowed you to do that? Etc., etc. And so when Jesus arrived, remember Jesus visited the temple when he was. 12 years old, yeah. right? Wow, I mean, it must be a very good impression, very nice. You know, three decades later, or, you know, some 20 years later when he returned, it's getting worse. So he's, okay, he cleaned it. Like to reclaim his land. I think that's, um, I think that's very realistic and very believable. Thank you very much. This is. I just heard somewhere. Jesus was stressed by this, what he saw, uh, for the, all the reasons that you say, uh, but also because they were substituting love of God by sacrificing goats and pigeons and what, frogs, uh, you know, no, using blood sacrifice to say, as compensation for their sins, you know, not, not uh, uh, reconciliation with God. That was so they're just following the, the rules. I mean, the, the Leviticus has very you know, clear instructions. How do you offer a you know, sin offering or whatever? So oh. the ordinary people, they just follow the rule. Okay. But poor people, you, are, you cannot afford a gold and ox. All right, you buy pigeons. Very considerate. Which is the law. Very considerate. Okay, wow, you carry your, your, your animal all the way from, from uh, what, Nazareth, travel more than, you know, half a month to come to Jerusalem. Probably your your animal become handicapped. All right? Ayah. So, no, no, no good. It's better to buy it on the spot for your convenience. You just bring the money and then wow, very considerate. Very Chinese. <laughs> and this is business. So, uh, Stevie, I'm saying it was... Stevie, uh, what, what Deacon is saying is this is an elaboration of the law. The sacrifices are actually... The sacrifices offered to God. Okay, We said, love the Lord your God with all your... So part of the sign of that love is the offering of sacrifice. Even, even Jesus did that with yeah. his parents when he was a baby. We have the presentation of Jesus at the temple. At right? 12 Remember? years old, and he, the first time he visited, he also carried a lamb. But anyway, going further, uh, mm. I guess I guess we we have to see the deeper meaning. No? Uh, the Old Testament here would be that, the sacrifice of uh, goats and sheep and oxes, etc., but Jesus now, why did, why did John put this right at the start of his gospel? Because Jesus is the new temple, and he is the new sacrifice, and he is the new priest. Okay? So John is already introducing new themes. Jesus, the figure of Jesus. That's why there's already the challenge. Destroy this temple. 
not the temple, physical temple of, uh, built by Herod, but his body. He is the new sacrifice. John is already starting to put that theme right at the start of his gospel. He gets a, a wonderful, wonderful 21st century interpretation. <laughs> and it's clear. It's really but then and now, to willfully destroy property is a criminal act. So he, this is only an alibi, you know, that he's doing it for symbolic reason. I think uh, he was... Uh, acting out of arrogance and he shouldn't have taken done this knowing that he's breaking criminal law and tradition you know so i just think he's a very rebellious controversial uh, kind of person that is that highly is radical you know like he, he takes this criminal act to demonstrate something symbolic you know uh, we it's read the text. We read the text at the end, Stevie. Will you read that? I'm quite happy to. While he was in Jerusalem, we're still in the gospel. As I told you last time, no, we don't go out of the text, but we say the text says, while he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many began to believe in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. So that. Uh, what happened there, the cleansing of the temple and the pronouncement of destroy this temple, these are signs. In the Gospel of John, this is actually the second sign. The first sign was Cana, oh, turning of water into wine. wine. So now you have the second sign about the temple. But, you see, it's beautiful, the last line, but Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. And with this, we can link it to the second reading, where you have the interpretation of who this Jesus is now in the community of Paul in, with the Corinthians. That's right. So it's a good lead on. Um, in the first reading, we heard about the laws that God gave us to help us to be righteous. In the gospel, we heard of word becoming flesh and is now our new temple that loves us and wants us, wants to continue and give us a covenant. Now, Paul knows that we are divided. Okay. Um, just as during the days of the, uh, when he was preaching the, the Corinthians, the Corinthians are a group of people who live in Greece. They're called the Corinth. And that's why they're called the Corinthians. Paul is preaching to them. And you'll hear of the uh, divide. And I think we all can relate, um, you know, even during our Bible studies. That, um, you know, it's easy to relate with people whom we like. But Paul is saying that it does take effort to live and understand those whom we have a difference in opinion. So let's listen to what Paul is saying to the Corinthians. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called Jews and Greek alike, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. 
For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. So you saw in the first sentence, the Jews wanted signs, the Greeks, the Corinthians, was looking for wisdom. So what Paul is saying to the Corinthians is that to propose to overcome these differences and divisions, he points out that we should actually look towards the cross as a uniting factor. And if you came to last night's station of the cross, that was what uh, Father Cho also mentioned. The cross will unite us. So in this world, we're all obviously facing difficulties and afflictions. Seeing others as a co-sufferer, helping them to carry the crosses, helping us to overcome what divides us from one another, this is how we can be united. And as you know, Jesus was crucified on the cross, and that brings us helps to bring us together. Remember the reason why many of us, uh, even in this room or online itself, you're wearing a crucifix on our neck? It is a reminder of God's unconditional love. And more importantly, that we're all co-sufferers in this world. We're all in the same boat. So we're united through the cross of our common humanity, just as we share in this beauty. Think of our community in this way helps us to rise above our differences. So the call of this Sunday is to reach out to one another as co-sufferers, as co-pilgrims on this journey towards God's kingdom of harmony and peace. Can I add to that? The crop, Father Cho, I was going to ask what that Father was who spoke yesterday. Uh, thank you for telling me it's Father Cho. Uh, uh, he says, the cross unites us. I think the words of Jesus, his ministry, do that as cogently, as does what they say here, the Ten Commandments. Those three things are the things, <laughs> those three things are the Trinity that us as well. It's not just that support. And it's, it, martyrs died too, but it's not their death that we remark upon. It's their words and their deeds during their lifetime. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and we do open it up for discussion. And, and those of us uh, joining us online, uh, Jordan Jade, feel free to unmute and uh, ask any questions that you may have or share any meditations. Thank you. Yeah, uh, just one question. I like the second reading. Uh, I know you explained about the crucified Christ as the uniting factor, but I want to learn more. How was Christ or how is Christ has been the power of God and the wisdom of God? What is that power referred to and what is that wisdom referred to? I don't think it's just on the being us unified. It has to be something more than that. So that's the question that I would like to pose if somebody would know about Thank you. Thank you for that question, uh, Jay. Because practically here, you see two groups of people. Jews demand signs. Mm -hmm. And in the gospel reading, uh, I think uh, you were listening when we 
when we repeated the last paragraph, no? When they saw the signs he was doing, the Jews want signs. And even in the other Gospels, they kept on asking, what sign can you give us? So the sign for them is really power for the Jews. The sign, the sign that one is of the divine nature will be about power, miracles, miracles calming yes. the storm, yeah. healing people, exercising demons, etc. That's why it's, it's full, no? Whereas for the Greeks, the background of the Greeks is really philosophy. Yeah. You know, Socrates, Plato, and all the other yeah. philosophers that mm -hmm. we know. So for them, the highest point of human evolution would be wisdom. So yes. each, I do not know the Chinese, what is their highest point of evolution, or the Filipinos, etc. But every kind of people would have like a pinnacle which you want to reach. So in this context, this is the context of Paul in Corinthians, there is the divide between the Jews looking always for power. And that's why towards the end, you have also the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. And then there is the Greeks who are looking for wisdom so that the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. The foolishness of God here is the crucified Christ. How can you have a God who is crucified? Okay. Uh, how? Mm -hmm. in the, and then for the Jews, that is also the weakness of God. That is also Jesus crucified. Practically in Deuteronomy, it says that the one who is crucified is really cursed by God. So that Paul mm -hmm. was really had a very, very difficult time to accept Jesus as God, as divine. Because how his, his mentality is, is both Greek and Jew. Paul is already a mix. He's an intercultural being. And that's why he can, he can talk like this. He understands both the Jews, the Jewish mentality, and he understands the Greeks. No? Because he has already united that in his, uh, in his life as a cultural person. So I guess this would be the, the point here. Uh, the context of Corinthians chapter 1 is really division. If you go to your uh, Bibles, mm -hmm. read chapter 1, Paul would start with, I heard that in your community you are fighting. <laughs> you know, the, 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 Chloe, the, the followers of Chloe's house telling me this, etc., etc. And this will go up to chapter 2. Chapter 1 and chapter 2 of uh, Corinthians would really about division. And it's good what uh, Patrick said in the <clears throat> short commentary that that is also our our difficulty now. No, we're so divided within us, but also among us. And and uh, why why does Pope Francis continue to insist on this synodality? Because there's so much differences in the church now. We're not just Jews and Greeks now. We're all over, scattered everywhere in the world. Catholic, Catholic but divided. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the reality. It's yeah. our reality. One, holy, Catholic. Catholic okay, Jesus. but the one, it, it's not yet one. It's not yet one. And, and that, that is why we're still working towards conversion. And the Christ crucified is really, well, I would say Christ crucified, but also Paul would say towards the end of this letter, that 
if it's only Christ crucified, then it's not enough. We have at the resurrection. If we only believe in Christ as the crucified and the dead one, then our faith is in vain. Towards the end of the gospel of this letter, you know, no, you would say the resurrection is the one that makes the difference. Chapter 15. Spend the whole chapter. I think, yeah, I think that's the wisdom and the power. I think every bit the resurrection. Yeah. Okay. So that's the complete that, that is the complete picture. <laughs> Okay, any yes, I have some question about the first reading. Actually, I have already my own uh, interpretation, but I just want to know deeper about this point. You shall not carve idols for yourselves in the shape of anything in the sky above of the earth, above or on the earth below or in the water beneath the earth. So this point, I really want to go deeper. <laughs> Although I have my own. Understanding, but maybe I would like to hear anyone yeah, of and to, to explain it further because as a Catholic, we are there always to believe. Why do you make my mind look so ugly like a snake, like a doll? You know, that's the reason why I mean, God forbid them to, you know, make images, make, you know, those idols. Those are concrete things. It's very challenging and difficult for uh, people to believe in something invisible. Okay, God is invisible. And therefore, you know, they, they build idols. And then God sent prophets to tell them, look at these idols. They have eyes, but can they see? They have ears, they cannot hear. What's the use of these idols? I'm much better than them. But the problem is, I'm invisible. So... <laughs> For human beings, they, they need something tangible, concrete. And God said, no, 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 I'm not that ugly. I'm, I'm much more beautiful than that. What is your interpretation? So you have something. Hey, because, you know, as a Catholic, in our churches, there are these things, no? The statues. When you, when you think about it, it's almost relative to this word. But you see, the statues in the church points God. It is idols. We, we, we do not call them idols. So maybe that is our own. Yeah, in okay, our we, own. We have to make this. this your, your, identity, your understanding of idol is different from what <laughs> No, idol is really making something a god. Okay? That's why it's called uh, idolatry. Idols. Yes. Because that is another god. Yes. So. When, they, when they need anything, going to them to touch it, all the sacrifices it, thinking that that statue, that idol is able to feed the needs. Yeah, the other religion is keep criticizing because of this. They are also the same as this. They are also like a carved skin. That's why I, for me, because I, I really try to stand for it. I just... Then maybe you can explain... That is not an idol for us. Yes, this is the yeah, thing. We're not worshiping that. It's just it's, it's, it's it's not worship. It's not worship of Blessed Virgin Mary. Cannot. When she is also a creature, even though she's the most beautiful creature, God has reserved her to be the mother of God. So for those, uh, I have uh, to be honest, I like cross of Jesus Christ or whatever things mm -hmm. we have seen, there is almost. We, we, we know already that in our hearts that we, we know that they are already our God. 
that they say it's very complicated. The only other people remember criticizing. It's good if I can eat and something, but I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah, because one time I said Father Wong said that that um for example if I wearing now if I am a policeman, so I wear my uniform policeman uniform. Am I a police? Am I a police? Yes, yes, right? you're in the room. Okay, so, but I am me, Chelsea. I'm a teacher. But now I take the policeman uniform and I wear it. Am I a police? No, I am not a police. So if we look at a Jesus or Mama Maria statue, are they um, a Jesus or Mama Maria? No, we are talking to God. <laughs> we are talking yeah. to God. You know that is yeah, yes. yes. That's what we yes. really. That's what you can tell them. Those who question, you can tell them. It's not idolatry for us because they are just representations. They are just and reminders. And the key point is they point to God. Yes. They do yes. not point to themselves. Yeah, yeah. Idols. Yeah, I, I am your God. Eh? You then go to God. Eh? <laughs> okay. Uh, God looks like a dog. Now for the for the consolation of Steve. For the end of our discussion and study, you see the centrality of the law, the words, huh? you don't want the, the crucifix or Christ crucified, but really the centrality of the law, the word of God, is helping us to focus. And that is why we have in our prayer, in our psalm, is really uh, extolling the law. The law, which is, you know, the law, the other word for the law in, in the Bible is the Torah. The Torah, the word of God. Okay. And that is, it has many translations. It could be uh, uh, the command of the Lord, the decree of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord. And all of this huh, are more desirable than gold. Sweeter than the drippings from the honeycomb. These are all uh, expressions helping us to direct ourselves, orient ourselves to the law of the Lord, which is also the presence of the Lord. Okay, so for our final prayer uh, from the Lisalet, sister, can I ask one more? Just one short question. Uh -huh. No, I want to ask the about about the temple. How many times? How many temples were invaders destroyed? Because it well, seems so many temples destroyed. No, 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 no. Okay, there, okay. Only there are only two. Only two. The first one was built by Solomon, mm -hmm. which was destroyed by the Babylonians, five hundred and sixty-eight BC. All right, and then the Persian king Cyrus uh, sent them, liberate them from the Babylonians. Okay, you return to Jerusalem and build. Church for your God, your God told me to do so. All right, so go ahead. So they, right, but, but they <laughs> they care more about themselves when they return, they build their own homes, and then the Samaritans disturbed them. They didn't actually build, rebuild the temple. It's only by the time when the successors of Cyrus, you know, gave them order, you don't have money, I give you money. All right, go ahead, build. So in the end, there's only the Temple of Hero. This is the second. The second one. So yeah. finally, and now no more temple. That's why now we have only synagogues. And the synagogue is the word where the word is uh, read and where it is also explained. And that's why it, it, uh, the, the Israelites now, and even now, 
the present people. They don't have the temple, but they have the, the synagogue. Uh, the Western they, world. No, no, they, they, they coexisted for some time. But, all right, 70 AD, I mean, afterward, okay, the Jews, they started a revolution. They want to get rid of the Roman, and then there's somebody that comes, hey, I'm the Messiah, let's go drive out the, the Romans. So a lot of people support them. Right. That's why when you went to Jerusalem for your visit, you only saw the walls, and the wailing walls. All okay, but on on the site of the temple now, okay, the second temple destroyed, nothing. The Arabians, okay, they came here, they built a mosque upon the foundation of the second temple. Now it is there. Okay. Okay, ah, so close. Close. we close with our responsorial psalm, if you want okay. to follow. Lord, you, you have, have the words of everlasting life. The law of the Lord is perfect. Refresh the soul. The trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. They are more precious than gold, than a heap of purest gold, sweeter also than syrup or honey from the cold. The Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. The Lord will be with you. And with your spirit. May the Almighty Merciful God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Have a blessed uh, third Sunday of night. For those who are joining us online, uh, apologies when we're reciting prayers. I had to mute you because it just creates a lot of distraction. So apologies for that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to OLMC Sunday Best. Please join us again next week for another episode. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone.